So let me repeat it again. Happy New Year and Merry Christmas. Yes, it's still Christmas because Christmas is not just a day. It happens to be a season and it starts on December the 25th and it goes all the way through today, Epiphany, right? The season of light. So that's the entire Christmas season, right? And it's called, how do we call it normally? The 12th day of Christmas. That's right. And that's what we're still celebrating today. And it concludes today. And now we move into the season of Epiphany, the season of light. So it's the beginning of a new year. And when we have a new year, it's also a period of fresh starts, right, of renewal, right? So no matter, hear this out, no matter how many setbacks may have come your way in the last year, no matter, no matter how many problems, how many illnesses or family difficulties, that year is now over, behind, forgotten, back there. It's history. So 2020 is here. And that means that it's a clean slate. It's a fresh start. And it is a year full of promises. What a wonderful phrase, a fresh start. What a wonderful phrase it is. This past week or so, I've been at home with Pam. Many of you know, you've been very gracious to all, to us. She's been recovering after a hip surgery a week ago a total replacement, and I want to thank publicly to all of you for the good uh, Get Well Facebook posting, which were many, uh, the beautiful cards that she received in the mail, and a number of phone calls, and I also want to thank the wonderful chef that we have in this congregation, and I will challenge this congregation today, mark my words, that we need to come out with a recipe book Because you are good. You are good, you know. Anyway, truly from our hearts, thank you. And we're also very grateful because our daughter drove from Chicago to help with the caregiving. And there's one thing about mothers and daughters that husbands can't fill that gap. And that was a wonderful time that I saw Charlotte nurturing her mom and their conversation back and forth. She made a difficult decision, and it's been a number of sleepless nights, but nonetheless, it has been a fresh start for Pam. And as she jokingly says, hip, hip, hooray, right? So she has her New York hip, and now she has a Michigan hip. So go figure, whenever she's called, she's going to be walking like, I don't know which way she's going to go. But anyway, uh, kid aside, kidding aside, Will you, will you welcome a fresh start in your life right now? Will you welcome a fresh start in your life right now? Before I go ahead and read from the Gospel of John, I'd like to say a word about the season that we initiate today. And that's epiphany. And epiphany means to reveal, to make known. 
And that's the time in which Jesus manifests himself as God. It lasts four to nine weeks. It culminates always, always on the Sunday prior to Ash Wednesday, which marks the beginning of a new liturgical season, and that happens to be Lent season, right? So it always culminates that Sunday before Ash Wednesday. So that's what epiphany uh, means, is to reveal. So through this period of time, uh, we're going to be reading the scriptures and we're going to see how scriptures is revealing God's self in the person of a Christ. Anticipation of a new year with its possibilities abounds, and yet there is some unfinished business of the old year that lingers. For example, there's another active shooting in Texas you heard about, leaving three dead, including the gunman. There's been a string of hate crimes in New York against Jews, including, you heard it and you saw it in the news, that brutal attack at a rabbi's home when they're celebrating Hanukkah. Then we have North Korea announcement of this Christmas gift, and you heard that they are suspending their nuclear testing. Of course, in our mind is the attack to the U.S. Embassy and the drums of war beating once again. Hong Kong kicks up the year with new protests, right? And, and, and new uh, marching in the streets about human rights. And then there is this impending impeachment in our nation that is about to start sometime in the Senate. But if we move on a local front, we have the finger-pointing and the failure of the abating of this toxic green ooze on I-696. Everybody's finger-pointing who's, you know, laxy on this thing. And then there's more debate in Lansing about the roads in Michigan, how to fix them, where to find the money. Church, these are just some of the loose ends of last year. They happen to be clouds that continue to envelop us in a fog that keep us stuck in the same old rot with no way to dig ourselves out. And that feels like we're making the same old mistakes, saying what we promise we never say, and doing what we hope we will no longer do. 2,600 years ago, about 2,600 years ago, Jeremiah's time, the people of Judah were in a similar fix. And as God's people, they were making the same old mistakes over and over again. And now they're facing the impending doom that Jeremiah has been warning them. Jeremiah was upset with his people because they had lost their ways. They were not honoring the covenant they made with God to be people of integrity, people filled with compassion, people of peace and humility. They were not honoring that covenant with God. Instead, they had adopted a culture of greed and selfishness and power hunger and complacency. Rings the bell? In short, they had failed in their love of God and in their love for one another. So Jeremiah writes of a new beginning, a day when God will restore and renew his people, giving them a fresh start, 
And despite what has gone before, the nation's sin and the rebellion, their lack of faith and vision, God will bring them home. And God will establish a new covenant with them. And God says, I want you to have a new beginning. God says to them, I want you to have a fresh start. Do you think you could drop everything, change your life, have a fresh start, just like that, and go in another direction? Church? Well, the good news is that the year is young and we're giving a fresh start. Tough, not impossible. So how do we go about it? Perhaps, perhaps, when we hear the poetry of the incarnation found in today's gospel reading of John, we might find the key as to how we might go about it. So that's our background for this morning's reading and reflection. And I'm going to invite us then to turn to Gospel of John, chapter 1, and uh, verse 10, we begin our reading. Listen for God's word. He was the word, excuse me, He was in the world, and the world came into being through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not from above, who were born not from above or of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only Son, who is close to the Father's heart, who has made him known. May God bless to our experience as well as to our understanding the reading of God's word. Let's pray together, church. Creator God, you know the needs in our hearts, and there are many on this early new year. And we come before you and we kneel before you and ask for mercy, O God, that you will be able to speak through your prophets of today a word of truth, 
that we might be able to hear with the ears of our heart. That it will bring a sense of comfort and confidence that when we follow that word, that we will find you. Touch us, Lord, in ways that you know how to. And as you go about doing that, Lord, gathering us together, may we rejoice in our fellowship, but most importantly, may we rejoice in being in your presence this day and forevermore. Amen. So there is a phrase that we often hear, if only I could begin again. If only I could have a fresh start, things could be different. If only I could do things over, i do them the right way this time. Hindsight, right? Hindsight is always 20-20. We have failed in our lives and are living with regret. We fail in our relationship with God. We fail in our school sometimes, in our work. We really messed up in relationships and we have all kinds of regrets. And sometimes we just didn't take advantage of the good opportunities before us. If only I could begin again. We all struggle with the idea of new beginnings in life because we've been there before. We've done that. We made those false starts. We felt defeated and we thought, if only I could begin again. Well, what about you? Where are you right now? How is it going in your life today? If today or tomorrow really were a day for you to have a fresh start, what or how would you want to start over? Well, there is good news for everyone who's ever had these thoughts. Because God is a God of new beginnings. Twelve days ago, we all gathered here on Christmas Eve, hoping that we might also get a fresh start. God came to earth as a tiny, vulnerable little baby that could bleed and also break, and we call him Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And as the Word of God made flesh, Jesus carries out the creative, life-giving way of God by his speech, by his actions, by his death and his resurrection. Jesus reveals the glory of God to all humanity. The writer of John wants us to understand that if we want to know what God is like and how God acts, then we only need to look to the person of Jesus in whom we find a fresh start. This morning, Pam and I always get these um, morning devotionals from um, a network for grateful living. And the first thing that we do when we get in the morning is go and look for this word. It's a word of the day 
And he says like this, I wish I could show you when you are lonely or in darkness, the astonishing light of your own being. Can you imagine just getting up in the morning, the first thing, and you get this word saying, I wish. This is God speaking to us. I wish I could show you when you're lonely or in darkness, the astonishing light of your own being. This was authored by Hafiz, who is an Iranian author and philosopher. Well, in a few moments, church, God will extend an invitation to you and to me and to all of us to come, to eat, and to remember. And as you prepare then to receive this meal, I'd like to ask you to please try to look ahead into your own way and in the many ways that you can to look at your calendar, the unwritten spaces in your 2020 calendar, and begin to consider the following. How will you and I and this covenant of the Church of the Open Hands is going to continue to sing the joys of Christmas to proclaim in the days ahead the good news of grace upon grace? Of our coming home and allowing God to come and find a nest among us. How are you and I and we going to grow spiritually this year? And how will we grow in a relationship with God and with neighbor? The great thing about new beginnings is that we are giving the opportunity to leave the past behind and have a fresh start. You see, each day is a chance to start over, an opportunity to recommit ourselves to walking with Jesus. Every day, God promises us to give us the gifts fortitude and wisdom and courage and forgiveness and the grace to begin again. And Jeremiah, more than any other prophet, have reason to be optimistic. Do we have reasons, church, to be optimistic? Yes. And God, through the prophet, says, their lives will be like a well-watered garden. Never again left to dry up. Young women will dance and be happy. Young men and old men will join in. I'll convert their weeping into laughter, lavishing comfort, invading their grief with joy. And my people, my people, says the Lord, will have more than enough. My people will have more than enough. Maybe so for you as well as for me, church. Amen.